AlienLegacy.html is brought to you by the fine folks at the Cage Club Network. For all things movies, media, music, comics, and more, check out CageClub.me. That's CageClub.me. Honk noise, honk noise, the ship is gonna explode. Honk noise, that can only mean one thing. I'm Nico. Which I guess makes me Kevo. And we're here to finish it up. This is the finale to the amazing AlienLegacy.html. That's right, you bitch. It has all been leading to the giant flamethrower attack that is this finale. I couldn't be more excited to talk about it. Me too. We have watched some absurd number of films. We've talked about video games. We've talked about comic books. And... We have the opportunity now to discuss our top 15 Alien Legacy projects, as well as seeing the original theatrical cut re-released into theaters for the 40th anniversary and the 6th 40th anniversary Alien shorts. You know, to be honest, while this was an opportune time to do an Alien podcast for the 40th anniversary, that really wasn't our motivation. It is just that Nico loves Alien as a franchise that much, and I said, hey babe, do you want to do Alien on the podcast? And he was like, yes, let's start right now yeah it was a lot of fun it just kind of happened it filled out the schedule and gave us a new project to help us kind of transition away from mcu we did 45 episodes of mcu it was kind of tough to walk away from and all that being said i am glad that this is the year that we decided to do this because there were these exciting new shorts and this exciting fathom event i've talked a lot about how much i love my stupid little fathom events and so when i found out they were re-releasing the original theatrical cut of alien and theaters i was like yeah that's awesome and let's start things off with the original theatrical re-release of alien i had not watched the theatrical cut i think since the first time i ever watched the film i love all of the sort of like apocrypha and bonus footage that can be layered into a film if you listen to x's for podcasts you know i'm a completionist when it comes to my comic runs so i really prefer the director's cut but getting to see the theatrical cut helped me to understand exactly which scenes were different because i've seen the director's cut so many times it was a lot of fun. The movie, somehow like the characters came more to life on the big screen. I think the biggest surprise for me was how much focus there was on Dallas in the original theatrical cut. It reminds me of the original intention of the pilot of Lost where we were supposed to believe that the pilot of the plane was going to become a main character only for him to be killed off. We are given a perception that Dallas is the lead of the film until he's not. And I think the director's cut makes it a little bit more about the entire crew before it clearly becomes Ripley's journey and it helps that the director had the retrospect of knowing what an iconic figure Ripley became. One, two, three, Boone. I was also really pleasantly surprised by how packed that theater was. I felt like there were almost no free seats in the entire theater. Oh yeah, completely. And it was a really fun experience getting to enjoy the film with a group of strangers. You know, everyone reacting at the same time. Here's your pen back after Dallas used it to test the alien blood everyone laughed and it was really fun
fun to have a whole room full of people who either were already big fans of the film and came out or might be experiencing it for the first time all reacting together. Admittedly, we didn't stay for any of the bonus stuff after the fact. Not that that stuff's not great, but I have places to be. I have places to fucking be! Sorry, I have friends. Now, the Alien 40th Anniversary short films were by a studio called Tongle, who are a crowdsourced studio founded in 2009. In association with 20th Century Fox, they launched a competition to select the creators of these anniversary short films in June of 2018. Applicants were asked to create a wholly original story with completely new characters that nevertheless drew upon the aspects that made the Alien franchise so successful to be turned into a 5 to 9 minute short film. Each short had to feature working class blue collar characters and feature at least one form of the xenomorph's life cycle and in particular applicants were asked to draw upon the original film Alien for inspiration. So like that's the coolest competition ever. And I feel like knowing all of that that it was about exploring the elements of the Alien franchise that it was built upon. I really feel like that shows so many of these felt like love songs to Alien whether it was a love song to a specific of the part of the film or the underlying themes that made the film. And with more than 550 submissions, this was more submissions than Tongala gotten on any other production project at the time. And it just goes to show how dedicated fans of the Alien franchise are, and you can really see why they chose the ones that they did. The six shorts were Containment, Specimen, Night Shift, or Harvest, and Alone. And the thing that most stood out for me was I felt each one of them featured a unique Xeno gal. Occasionally, you kind of had to watch to the end to figure it out, but that idea of the central woman who was going to survive for the sake of her species ran through this amazingly. We had Ward, Julie, Raleigh, Lorraine, Hannah, and Hope, each one representing a very different form of the classical archetypes in the Alien franchise. I genuinely loved a number of these women. Most specifically, the women who stood out for me were Lorraine in Orr, as she was a woman who was willing to die facing a xenomorph to protect her colony, and Julie in Specimen, who we can just agree is like the ultimate, like, amazing, super queer, banging scientist lady with a dog. Like, I mean, she's like a really amazing queer lady trope, and I love her. Absolutely. You can tell that the director views the short as an early scene from a greater story, and has this idea of a bigger adventure that takes the characters outside of the greenhouse, and how that affected the way that they portrayed the character even just for a few minutes. Now, I felt these worked to varying degrees of success. I personally found Orr, the story of a mining operation that is faced with a xenomorph, where the workers in the mine at the end of their shift, having faced the reality that there is now an alien killer in their midst, decide to face it down and stay to their deaths to protect the colony above, as well as Specimen. If for no other reason, I love, like, you know, Survivor alone battling down the monsters, and as Kevo gave a great description of it in this greenhouse, and there was a lot of really cool twists. I also very much enjoyed Harvest. Harvest, which touched on a lot of the evil android out to get the humans kind of vibes. And there was a pregnant lady. Talk about survival of your species. Harvest was actually probably my least favorite of all of them. I didn't find the characters very well developed. I was taken aback by the twist. Every single fucking time it turned out that something or someone was an android in these shows 
shorts, I was always surprised. So kudos to these creators for, even though I watched all of these back to back, still managing to pull that on me every time. Good for y'all. Other than that, the creators of this short were a lot more action oriented. They were pushed by 20th Century Fox to make their short more like the slow burn horror of the original Alien. So you can really see where, for me, it just sort of convoluted the whole short. My least favorite was Alone. I really wanted to love Alone, the story of an android alone on their spaceship who takes in a pet xenomorph, ultimately losing her mind to protecting its their pet creature monster and luring someone to the spaceship to feed to the xenomorph to move it along in its life cycle. And then the end just kind of ends with the xenomorph hovering over the android. There's no real conclusion. It just like it was a great premise that went nowhere for me. Yeah, I agree with you on pretty much all counts. I want to like this one a lot more than I feel I actually can. The director stated that his film originally ran even longer than the length it's at, which at 12 minutes makes it the longest of the Alien 40th anniversary shorts. It clocked in at around 20 minutes in the final version before he did cuts, and so I don't know if those extra minutes would have enhanced it or if it just would have made it feel like it was dragging out even longer. I also don't know if it's the performance of the lead actor. I think she did a pretty good job, but I don't know. I I think she was kind of young for the role, and I only say that that's important because we are specifically talking about manufactured android characters. You know what I mean? The role of Hope was very much meant to mirror the role of David, and if we're talking about being able to capture the ability of Michael Fassbender to portray an android, we are talking about a really stellar performance that she was looking to capture. I also want to comment that I found the two we haven't talked about yet, Containment and Night Shift, to be the ones that most felt like their own films. Containment gave me, like, real quick Alien vibes if you just need to watch Alien in 10 minutes. And in a lot of ways, Night Shift felt like a much better, much faster Resurrection. Resurrection. Okay, talk to me about that. I can kind of see what you're saying, but tell me why you feel it. It had this really wonderfully gritty street atmosphere and the needing to be very human characters. I mean, ultimately, in Resurrection, they were flawed by the fact that they were garbage dump fires of people. Here, they're just flawed by the fact that we don't get enough time with them, and some of this was a little darkly lit. I found it a little difficult to follow at times visually, but for the most part, I genuinely loved this project. I thought these six short films were really great examples of Alien. My best friend Kyle just stayed over for the weekend. Kyle, those of you who listen to X's for podcast, Kyle from X, he was here for the weekend, and we went to Fright Fest, and we had a great time at Six Flags, and I showed him a couple of the shorts, having never had a chance to show him all of Alien, and I felt like I was able to give him a good idea of what this franchise is in just a few short scenes. I definitely agree with that. We both said it at the time when we saw Containment, and you mentioned it again, as you said to Kyle this weekend, and I agree that Containment itself is very much the Alien movie in nine minutes. If I had to say that there is one thing that you could watch that epitomizes basically the franchise. We only should have seen a little bit more of the adult warrior xenomorph for it to be a fully complete alien film on its own, but otherwise, pretty much everything about it, the surprise of who's infected, the deceit and betrayal of the science officer, it was only missing an android, really. Night Shift was interesting, and it's always really fun seeing people who really have no idea what's going on reacting to a 
xenomorph. None of these people are soldiers. None of these people work for Weyland Utani. None of them are secretly an android. They just have no idea what the fuck this creature is. And the twist ending where she defeats the creature only to hear the mass hysteria outside and realize that this is only one of many. That really was a shock for me. My only complaint about this short was the audio mix. I don't know why. It sounded jarringly different than all of the other shorts. I'm hoping it's like a YouTube uploading encoding issue, but we had to like turn our volume all the way up to hear it. It was a great film, and I would hate to think that the sound editing would make it hard to appreciate. Exactly. All said and done, if I had to rank these, I would most certainly rank Or as my number one. I thought it encapsulated everything I love about the Alien franchise with Specimen at a very close number two. Kevo, what were your top two? My top two in order were Containment and Or. I really feel like Containment being in space, having the off-screen drama that is still felt through the characters' reactions of the disaster that happened on their ship. Everything about it is so much more in line with what an alien film is, but I think that the cast of the Or short and their dynamic and everything about them, it does make it a very strong second for me. The two that I thought were squarely in the middle were Harvest and Containment. I feel like both of them play out as really complete ideas and they say a lot, but neither one of them gave me quite the punch that I thought the first two had. Both of the first two knocked me on my ass and these two just sort of like made me check my balls. Interesting. My middle two are Specimen and Alone. I liked Specimen a lot, but I think in making it feel so developed and so much like it could be part of a larger story, I think that it didn't give me a complete enough story for its runtime, and so that's why it's a little further down for me. As for Alone, I really enjoyed the script of it and what the creator was trying to do, and I liked a lot of ways that it did reconcile my feelings about the original Alien film and the films that have come more recently like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. That just leaves us with our bottom two, and my bottom two were Night Shift and Alone. And even then, I give the least of them, in my eyes, a C plus. I thought across the board, these were wins, and so I don't necessarily want to sound like I'm coming down on Alone, which I thought was a tremendous short film. I would be so eager to see the 20 minute cut of it, and I would be thrilled to see an hour and a half long version of Night Shift. I think it would be really suited to a Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus kind of feature length film. It was a really terrific item. And any one of these could have been hour and a half long films and I would have loved it. And really, truly, Kevin, what were your fifth and sixth? Our fifths were actually the same. We both said Night Shift for our second to last. I think much like Specimen, it feels like it stands as part of a larger story. Or it could just be what it is. That one really could go either way, but it certainly caught my attention. It really, I think, more than anything was lower because of production issues and I feel bad but it affects my enjoyment and my least favorite really was Harvest it did not feel like it fit the genre properly for me I enjoyed the twist elements of the story but even those I don't really feel like they were in the same spirit as the Alien franchise for me I don't know it just didn't exactly feel like it fit
While we counted the shorts down from favorite to least, I think it's a little more fitting to count up to our favorite film in this project. So, Kevo, number 15, what was your least favorite thing we covered? Requiem. Requiem. Yep, I have Requiem at number 15. Absolutely. Not even a question. Can it go lower than 15? Can I put it at 20? I kind of wanted to pull a John Mayer. John Mayer was notoriously afraid of the number 13 and put a blank track at the 13th position on his debut album, Room for Squares. And I really wanted to have a blank track at number 15 just so that I could make Requiem 16 to nothing. But unfortunately, 16 to nothing is not an option. Kevo, what did you lock in at 14? Predator 2. Kevo, if you tell me that you had Predator at number 13, I'm gonna fucking laugh. I do, actually. Holy shit, me too! Dude, what did you have at number 12? Uh, the Alien 3 podcast, actually. Okay, well, I have Predators at number 12. So let's talk about 13 through 15 real quick first. You know, honestly, my number 13 is not not an insult in any way. 14 and 50 are my dead spots there. I regret- I heard 40 and 50 and that's what I want to believe in my heart you put those at. That's what they feel like. Yeah. I- The only good thing about Predator 2 is Danny Glover. And Danny Glover is- Oh, and Bill Paxton. We love both of them. I love Bill Paxton, but I don't love him in that movie. So no, I don't give Bill Paxton that movie personally. You know what? I love Danny Glover so much. I saw love him. So like, I guess like it's a different- I guess you're right. Okay. Danny Glover- I think it's Angels in the Outfield. He represented such a warm spot and such an... He rep- I don't want to cry talking about this, but he represented a man who was a very masculine, strong man who was completely open to accepting non-masculine boys into his heart. And Danny Glover's warmth, kindness, and strength in Angels in the Outfield very much helped me bond with my very sportsy father. I feel that. That's nice. And thank God your dad didn't like movies like this. <laughs> So, what is your number 12 again? Predators. Yeah, I think I only put the Alien 3 podcast under Predators because I just found the podcast to be difficult to follow. I didn't really feel like the characters were given distinctive enough personalities. And I I don't know if it's because it's based off of a comic book that's based off of a draft of a script. I don't know. I just don't think that the Alien 3 movie that the podcast was portraying would have been very high ranked on my list anyway if it had been made into a film. I at least really enjoyed things about Predators, like the the concept of it being a hunting planet and people being kidnapped and dropped there. I was able to follow it a little bit more easily. So I kind of feel like we have a lot of the same reasoning and I think it's just how we weigh that reasoning that places where we put where what where what where. At number 10, I have the Alien 3 Gibson audio drama and comic. I feel like reading the comic, listening to the audio drama, rereading the comic, listening again, there was something that I really was able to piece together a really beautiful film. But I feel like if I hadn't had that kind of dedication because of this project, it wouldn't have been worth it. At number 11, I had Covenant, which is honest to God a whole lot higher than I thought it was going to be. But Covenant came in at a strong 11, almost practically based on the strength of the cut material in the side features. It was definitely that commercial that did it for me. And then I have Predators at number 12. I have it at the second highest position of any solo Predator film. I actually thought it was a good movie in a lot of ways, but it just, you know, it was a little too stupid at times. Like the samurai versus the Predator felt a little, okay. 
this is very 90s. My 10, 11, 12 were The Predator, Predators, and The Alien 3 Podcast. I, I don't know. I liked The Predator probably the most of all of the Predator movies, and I don't know if that's Olivia Munn or Keegan-Michael Key. For all of the flaws that it still had, even though it was made about 30 years after the original, it had learned enough since the original to be more appealing to me. And that's actually what put The Predator at number nine for me. Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn all the way, bro. My 987 is actually kind of interesting. It's The Predator, Alien Resurrection, and then Alien 3. I was genuinely surprised that Alien 3 clocked in above Resurrection. That was not an expectation I had going into this, but I was honestly pretty, pretty pleased with all of this. So to recount, my 7 is Alien 3, my 8 is Resurrection, my 9 is The Predator, 10 is Alien 3 Audio Drama Comic by William Gibson, 11 is Alien Covenant, 12 Predators, 13 Predator, 14 Predator 2, The Predatato, and 15 AVP Requiem. I'm looking at my list and I'm not sure about a choice that I made. I had originally had Alien Covenant at number six and the Alien Isolation series at number seven, but I think I'm going to have to flip those now. So now I would probably say that my bottom seven through 15 are Alien Covenant, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, The Predator, Predators, The Alien 3 Podcast and Comic, Predator, Predator 2, Predatato, and AVP Requiem. That leads me to one inevitable conclusion. We have the same top six, and I find that really fascinating. So, Kevo, I actually think our number six is the same, and it was such an exciting number six to share. I had been looking forward to the Alien Isolation Digital series for a while. I loved the idea of the continuing Ripley family drama, and getting to see this film and loving the fuck out of it with Kevo and Jonah was such a pleasure for me to share in yet another fascinating, amazing Zeno gal who was a strong powerful feminist science icon if I had to guess I would say that I had probably originally ranked Alien Isolation the series below Alien Covenant because Alien Covenant is simply a better made film in terms of production quality but in terms of story I don't even think that the two compare I think that Alien Isolation is a really great pitch reel to make an actual film out of it they did a really good job of splicing together, you know, cutscenes and bits and pieces of the video game and re-recording dialogue to make it fit together as a movie. It deserves even just the slightly more attention it would need to make it into an actual honest-to-God movie. I'm in for an Amanda Tripley. I'm in for an Amanda Tripley! That's how I'm gonna refer to her trilogy now, an Amanda Tripley. Bring it! Nice. I think we have the same number five as well. Ridley Scott's incredible contested Prometheus. Yeah, and I'm not sure that rank is even fair because I don't know how much Prometheus to me is an alien proper film. It doesn't exactly fit the same feeling as the Ripley saga, but it definitely captures the tone of the Xeno universe. And speaking of the Xeno universe, I felt there was nowhere else to put the Alien 40th Anniversary 6 short collection other than at number four. 
Tower. It was so spectacular. I'm really so happy that I'm walking away with a third of my top six having been released in 2019. This was a great year to do this, a great year to be a fan. What a phenomenal time to be part of this alien fandom. And everything we said about the shorts earlier really sums up why I had them at number four. Kevin, what did you have at number four? Oh, same. I think Woo! that the alien shorts, especially when viewed together, give a interesting perspective on the Xeno universe. And they really prove what we have been saying throughout the project, which is that I don't think that we are going to see an end to this franchise necessarily anytime soon. There are so many stories still to be told. Now, speaking of a macroverse and legacy and so many stories yet to be told, my number three spot, and I'm so fucking happy, my number three spot is AVP. I just think it's such a great goddamn movie and Lex is like a holy grail Xeno gal for me. And I just think AVP is awesome. Kevin, what did you have in third place? It's Alien. What put Alien at number three for you? I don't know exactly. You know, I'm such a dick about things that are old and a lot of things about Alien are dated and a lot of the things that were great about it were kismet and there are a lot of cracks in it, to be honest. So it's really the reason that I couldn't put it at number one, even though I think it is still such an amazing film 40 years later. That leaves me with a very predictable top two of Alien and Aliens at number one and two. I love these movies. That's why we're fucking here. I've said so much about them, and I'm going to save my last few comments for my wrap-up thoughts on this franchise. Kevo, what did you have at number one and number two? My number two was AVP. It was the first Xeno movie that I ever really saw and really 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 enjoyed and as you said Lex is an amazing character I would love to see a follow-up story with that character there's no reason that we couldn't and my number one was Aliens I think that it recaptured a lot of the energy of the first film and it was able to hammer out a lot of the flaws that I felt had been there I think that the only thing that the first movie has on the second movie is that sense of how dangerous just a single xenomorph can be. But other than that, I really love the cast of Aliens a lot more. I love how much more developed the character of Ripley is, and I just think it was a really good film. You know, I don't really hide the fact that I am not especially a horror person. I don't particularly enjoy being scared. That being said, I don't necessarily view the Xeno franchise as a whole as a horror franchise so much as a survivor franchise and that it's about hope and it's about unity. It's what the intention of the unproduced Alien 3 script that would have led into an Alien 4 film was about. It was the notion of the Xenomorphs being an enemy that humanity could unite against. And that's really what the movies are about, mostly. They are about surviving. And when you view it like that, they're not that scary after all. Is it okay to say daw? Daw? For me, Alien helps me be strong, I guess. Alien is about women that are eternally locked in the struggle to protect their species. They're expected to 
to be these maternal figures, but instead they have to be these leaders who take on, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, Ripley represents the human equivalent of the Xeno Queen. And the idea of the Xeno Gal, this strong woman with responsibilities and duties, who has an understanding of matriarchy, but is more about action than defensive protection, they've all come to mean something to me, whether it's Ripley in the first four films, Lex in AVP, O'Brien in Requiem, Shaw in Prometheus, Daniels in Covenant, Amanda Ripley in Isolation, or Ward, Julie, Raleigh, Lorraine, Hannah, and Hope from the 40th anniversary shorts, Alien has helped teach me to be strong by putting people no one would ever expect to survive in situations that no one should be able to survive, and each one of them finding a way to get their story out there to ensure the continuation of their own legacy. And it's been amazing. And I've had such an incredible time looking at these women who have inspired me so much. I just don't know that I have it in me to leave big space. Kevo, if we're going to be just like fucking around in space, what do you think we should look at next? Well, surely there are plenty of sectors that still haven't been explored yet. There must be somewhere either far, far away or even a long time ago. Oh my God, hold on. Help me put in my bike guard. I'm having a prequel episode. Oh God. Oh God. I'm having a prequel. Now I'm having an original trilogy episode. Someone. Oh God. I'm having an episode. This is the podcast equivalent of staring at you. And until we journey to Tatooine and Palpatine and everywhere in between. Ben Marine. Where can we find? No, we don't talk about him anymore. He got canceled, Kevy. He got canceled. Like, timeless. Canceled multiple times. Where can everybody find you online? You can find me not talking about Ben Vereen on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Kevo Really, K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y. You can also find me on the Facebook page for this lovely program, Husbands Talking More or Less, at Real Nico Kevo Action on Facebook. You can also find that on Twitter, Tumblr, and no, Instagram, Tumblr, but not Twitter, because Twitter has character limits. So instead it's at Real Nico Kevo Ack, A-C-K. <laughs> you love it that much every time, don't you? You can also find the super cool, super fun, super inclusive superhero story that we've been telling for five years over at KidRideComics.com. And Gee, Nico, where can the folks at home find you? Thank you, Kevy. You can find me here on this amazing network on shows like X's for Podcast, where we talk about all the different feeds of the X-Men universe, whether it's classic 80s mutant mania or the Dawn of X by John Hickman. Don't forget to check out our X-Men news resource at WeAreKrakoa.com. While you're at it, check out my amazing Instagram page with all sorts of me flexing and doing comic book things over at NicoAction, N-I-C-O-A-C-T. T-I-O-N. And until we return to this amazing show to talk about an all-new galaxy somewhere out in big space, we'll see ya. Bye. Bye.